Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Well, once again, you're welcome to the house of God. And, um, you know, today God gave me this word. And um, it, I, it's something very dear to God's heart. I, I kind of, you know, I'm not very big on titles, y'all. And I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to even call this thing? I know in my spirit what you want me to say, but I don't even know what word to use. Eventually, I came up with this title called God Needs Us. God Needs Us. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of... Um, we, we look at it, we, are, we look at ourselves, we look at all what we are going through in our lives, our shortcomings, the things we struggle with, and to have a statement like, God needs me with all my faults, yes. God has designed things to work in such a way that he cannot get his plan on earth done without us. Jesus is the head. Jesus has done his duties. Jesus has died for our sins. He has gone back to heaven. Now his body is on the earth. And he wants his body to carry out certain things for him. So we're going to be going through a few scriptures today. Basically, what God is trying to do is to use us as partners. See, when two people get together and they form a partnership, they share in the responsibilities of everything that is being done. They also enjoy all the benefits and all the good that comes out of the partnership. Amen. Amen. First of all, I want you to understand today that no matter what you have done, no matter what has happened in your life, God needs you. Tell somebody by your side, God needs me. I know you look at yourself, I'm 10 years old, I'm 12. What do you mean God needs me? Yes, he needs you. I remember when he was calling Samuel back in the scriptures. He was calling Samuel, Samuel. He ran to LA and he told him, when he calls you one more time, say, God, I'm here. And he went back and God talked to him. He was how old? He was like less than 12. Everybody, God needs us because there is something he has for us to do here. I'm going to start today. Why, why does God need us? Let's kind of look at the situation we have on earth right now. This is as far back as in Timothy, the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul was talking about the end time. He was talking to, uh, sorry, Paul was telling Timothy about what was going to happen in the end. Let's read from verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Scripture says, you should know this. He's telling Timothy, you should know this. That in the last days, there will be very difficult times. We, we see that all around us today. Verse 2, it says, for people will love only themselves and their money. I'm not reading from King James right now. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. It says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud scoffing at God, people making mocking, mocking God. We see it every day. It says disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will, be, they will consider nothing sacred. You know, when I read that part, I remember listening to somebody who said, even though he wasn't saved back in the day, when he sees a church, he will cross over to the other side, just out of reverence for God. Today we see people talking about God, talking about his word, just saying whatever they want to say. He said they scoff at God. They, nothing is sacred anymore. He says they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others 
and have no self-control. Mm. These are the days of no self-control. People do whatever they want to do. Even in church sometimes. These are the days we are living in. He says they will be cruel and hate what is good. Wow. Now what is good is bad now. And what is bad is now good. This is the new definition of what's going on. He says that we hate what is good. He says in verse 4, he says they will betray their friends. Wow. Has somebody been betrayed by a friend here? He says they will be reckless. Be puffed up with pride. Mm. He goes on, he says, they will be puffed up with pride and love pleasures rather than God. Pleasures, pleasures. Let's just have a good time. There's nothing wrong with having a good time. I like to have a good time. But if you are living just to have a good time, there's something we need to consider today. He says they will love pleasure rather than God. What God is saying or what was important to God is not important to them. Sunday morning, I have a guy that stays opposite my place. He got his boat, he's, he's gone. Sunday morning. But God is saying that this set of people, they love pleasure more than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. He says, stay away from people like that. That's what Timothy is uh, Paul is telling Timothy that they should he should stay away from people like that. But people like that are everywhere today. They're even in our church. They're sometimes us. We all know we are flawed. And you know, God is saying he needs us. God wants to be in partnership with us. Because if this is the situation of the world, and this is not what God created this world for, then God wants it turned around. And he has done what he needs to do. He's in heaven now. Jesus is in heaven. And he has left his body here on earth to do a work for him. He's expecting us to help him to turn society around. I remember there was a time Pastor talked about the seven pillars of society. And I'll, I'll mention them right now, and I'll come back to it much later in my message. The seven pillars of society, we talk about government. I'm not going to really emphasize this because we have a lot to talk about in a short time. Government is one of those pillars of society. Anything to do with any arm of government. The church is another pillar of society. Business and economy is another pillar of society. Education. We see what's going on with education today. Many of us know that education is not going the right way. Science and technology. Thank God for science. Thank God for technology. But there's some weird stuff people are trying to do these days. Trying to take some things. I mean, genetic engineering and all that. Yeah, thank God. There are some good things that can come out of it. But some people have an agenda sometimes with those things. We see all the things going on there in science and technology. Sports, arts, and culture. And media. Our media is big. There's so much media can do. But media feeds the people. When we talk about faith, faith comes by what you hear. Fear also comes by what you hear. Media is big. And God wants these seven pillars to be represented. He wants his people to represent him in these seven areas. And we are all called to different areas to serve God. God has something for us to do. And first of all, I just want us to begin to think, where has God placed us? What does God want us to do? What, which of these pillars has God called us to function in? We'll talk more about that as we go. I want you to go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm going to read a very popular part of scripture. Praise the Lord. 
We are so quiet this morning. We're only reading verse 4. Jeremiah 1, 4. The Bible says here, talking about Jeremiah, it says, then the word of the Lord came unto, say, uh, to, unto me, talking about Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He says, even before you were formed, I knew who you are. And even when you were in your mother's belly, before you came out, I knew what I had called you to do. I had called you to do something. God is trying to, he's telling us he needs us. He wants to bring us into a partnership with him so that we can turn these seven pillars of society around. He's telling us that he knew us even before we came here. Many of us, we look at ourselves, we look at our lives, all the things that have happened in our lives. And we are like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I've not been able to attain to the level of success that I believe I could. You look at your faults. You look at the issues you have struggled with. Relationship issues, health issues, friendship issues, social issues. All kinds of things that you have had to go through. But God is telling you today that I knew you before you were formed. I knew all the mistakes you would make. Even before you made them, I knew you were going to make them. You know, when they are uh, doing a film, when they are making a film, they decide what the end of the movie will be first. And once it's decided, then they begin to build each act into the end of the movie. So they already know what the end is going to be, the end result. Then they walk backwards to build all the acts into the movie. That's how God has our lives. He knows what his plans are for us. He has already chosen us to do certain things in our lifetime. Family standing before you here was not always like this. You know, people think things like hip-hop and all that, I picked it up later. No, <laughs> I've always been like that. I've always liked that kind of stuff. Back, up the day, back in the days of NWA, oh my God, God forgive me. I had a group of boys, we walked around together. We had our baseball caps on. And we did all kinds of stupid, dumb stuff. We almost got jumped several times. So what am I trying to say? Look, we all have a history. We've all done some things wrong. We've all not lived up to what we think we should do sometimes. But God said he knows us and he has called us for a specific thing in one of those seven pillars of society. He wants to partner with us. Go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I'm going to read um, in verse 5. Psalm 139, verse 5. Thou hast beset me behind. This is the psalmist David talking here. He said, thou hast beset me behind and before. He says, you have beset me. You are all around me. You have confined me. You have laid sage round me. You are all over me. He says, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where can I go from you? You are everywhere. You've beset me all over me. You know me. You know everything about me. Scripture tells us that even the number of our hairs are numbered. He knows everything about us. Sometimes we want to give excuses. Oh God, this is the reason why I can't do this. But he says he knows us. He knows what you struggle with. He knows what your difficulties are. He knows why sometimes you have those faults and those weaknesses. I want somebody to remember that Paul the Apostle, who wrote one third of the New Testament, had a struggle too. He struggled constantly. And he got to a point, he said, oh, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? Who shall deliver me? He said, I thank God for Jesus. 
who has delivered me from this body of sin? One time he was telling God, God, take this thing away from me. Take this thing that is buffeting me, take it away. He said, I prayed three times, God, take this thing away. You see, God uses our weaknesses to help us to come back to him. God uses our weaknesses to help us to come to a place where we can surrender to him. God helps us through our weaknesses to come to a place where we give him a place in our lives. If we were all prosperous, we had everything we need, we had no problems, nobody would serve God. Let's make it plain. You had everything you need, no problems anywhere, everything is perfect. You'll be like, I don't need God. So the problems you have in your life today, the things you are struggling with, the things that are your shortcomings today, God uses them. He didn't put it there, but he can use those things for his glory. You see, there's one more place. I'm not going to read it because of our time. Isaiah 49 from verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 2 had a very similar story like what um, was said earlier, you know, by uh, Jeremiah, that he knows me. He knows my form. He knows everything about me. That's God. He knows everything about us. But you know, God has said he's called us to a partnership. God has called us to walk with him, to help him turn these seven pillars of society around. But God is not going to make us do anything. See, this is the issue. God gave us what we call free will. He gave us choice. And that's why the world is the way it is today. God gave us choice. If he, he wanted to make us robots, we will all be doing his bidding. But his love, we talked about his love earlier. His love is what he uses to help us to continue moving forward in line with his will for our lives. He doesn't make us do anything. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I can see I'm already running out of time. Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm not going to read. Let's, let's go there. Let's go there. I'll just read a few things. In this part of scripture, Moses was talking to the children of Israel just before they went to the promised land. And he was admonishing them, he was talking to them, trying to help them to understand how God does things. And the fact that God was not going to help them choose. He went on, verse 15, he says, See, I have said before thee this day life and good. I have said before you life and good. God says he has said before us life and good and death and evil. All of them are available to us. He said, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes. Jump down to verse 18. He says, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish. Now, that will happen to people who do not live according to God's will. He says, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land. He was telling them if they didn't serve God, they were, their life was going to cut short in the land where God was taking them. Many of us, we have things that we want to do in our lives. But he said, I've presented you a choice today to choose God, a relationship with God. Get to know God. Get to spend time with God. He said, when you do that, then you are choosing life. Then you are choosing the right thing. In verse 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. God wants us to choose him. God wants us to choose his plan for our lives. That's what God wants us to choose. There was another story in 1 Kings chapter 18, which I don't have time to read from verse 21. You know, this was the story of Elijah. We know the story how he called all those prophets of Baal, 850 prophets to Mount Carmel. He also told Ahab, who was the king at that time, to also bring, you know, to come over and all of them gathered together on Mount Carmel. And the first thing he said, I just want us to read that verse. verse uh, First Kings chapter 18. Let's just read that particular verse. Verse 21. 
He says in verse 21, he says, And Elijah came unto all the people, this was when they were all gathered there, and said, How long shall ye before be, be between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. The people had been steeped into idolatry. The people had been following the ways of Baal, like the ways of the world. You know, I hear a lot of people say, a lot of the world has come into the church. A lot of things that, you know, people, the way they live, we talked about some of them in 2 Timothy earlier. He says, but choose. He told them, choose. If God is God, if God is really good, then let's do it. Let's do what he wants us to do. Let's not waste our lives. He says, choose life. Choose this. He says, the people did not answer him a word. Because the idolatry of the day, the bell worship, all the things they had got used to, they had, that had just filled their minds. They were not in a position to decide for God. You know, choosing for God, there are three groups of people I see. There are a set of people that are not even born again yet. And some of them are online watching me right now. And because of, oh, my girlfriend, how can I leave my girlfriend? I need, I need my girlfriend. They know they should serve God. And this is an obstacle. But they won't let it go. Because they have to have the girlfriend. Some people, it's illegal businesses, illegal practices, drugs, saying things they are doing. There was a guy I came across not too long ago. And the Holy Spirit came and gave me a word for that guy. And I was like, man, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. I should tell you something. It was like, hey, what, 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 man? And I was like, man, he told me that you got to take it, you got to slow it down, that you got to really take him seriously. He says, I know. He said, but the issue is I got to make some few more runs. After I make these runs, then I'll kind of have time for God. He was making, you know, some of those illegal deals. He was doing all that. And he said, because of that, he knew. The moment I started talking, he was like, well, what God said, what God said. So this is not someone that doesn't know God. He knows that God must have been trying to get to him. And he says he still has to make some more moves. We prayed and he left. Hopefully that won't be his last chance. There are some of us, we are actually saved. But we have not got to a point where we are like, okay, God, I'm ready to do your own will. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. Okay, God. I remember there was a time in my life I used to hide from God. Because I have this gift that God is always trying to say something to me. So I run out of prayer. I don't want to hear what God has to say. Oh, I did it a lot. But finally, I got to a point where there was even a time, you know, my friends, some of those my friends, I still have them on my social media and all that. I said, look, I don't care what anybody thinks. Let everybody know I'm whatever I am. I began to post all kinds of things. Yo, whoever has my social media knows I do. And my friends that we did all those stuff together, they see all my stuff. I said, I'm dead to all that. I don't care what they, I don't, they've never helped me. They can't save me. They can't deliver me. So I have to stay true to the one that can do all things. Choose, choose, choose. We have to choose. Okay, God, I'm ready now. God is not going to make you make those choices. God is not going to make you make those choices. We have to choose God. We have to say, God, I'm ready. You know, another thing here in this story with Elijah that I wanted to point out to that, the choices Elijah made to serve God at that time was not because Elijah was a superman, but he prayed and he depended on the power of God. This is the secret we need to understand. When we pray and believe in the power of God, we can go through life and circumstances and still have victory. Elijah was going through that Baal worship thing with everybody else. But what made Elijah stand out was the fact that he held on to God. He chose to serve God. He chose to be visible in the plan of God for his life. And after doing that, he used God's power to sustain himself. The others hid. The others 
steeped in idolatry. They kept doing what they were doing. They didn't let God have his way in their lives. It's an issue of the heart. You know, I look at the children of Israel. God did all these miracles in, in, in Egypt. Still, they won't serve him. Many of us, we've enjoyed many miracles. What else do we want God to do? God has been nudging you. I need you to get into this thing. I need you to begin to walk in this area. Leave that thing. No, stop this. Get into this thing I'm telling you about. And you know God is saying that to you. And he has done all these miracles for you. Just like the children of Israel. He did all these miracles for them. And still they won't follow him. Still they won't choose God. Same thing was going on, you know. And we have to get to a place in our life where we recognize that it's a hard issue to serve God. We have to make up our minds and say, God, I will let you have your way in my life. I will let you have that which you want from me. A lot of people will tell me today, Minister Femi, I understand what you're saying, but I'm stuck. I have this issue in my life. I have this difficult thing that is going on. And I can't solve this problem. This problem is weighing me down. It's distracting me from serving God. I would have loved to do what God wants me to do. I know God has been talking at my heart, but I can't do it. I have bills to pay. I have mortgages. I have all this stuff. All these difficulties are in my life. I'm sick. My family is sick. I have older ones that are sick. I have to attend to all these things. They are distracting me. I'm so busy. I have TikTok. I have to be on TikTok. I have all these all this social media handles. I got to keep my stuff flowing. And you know, sometimes you kind of have to do some things to get some things. You know what I mean, Mr. Femi? I got to do all this stuff, man. I know I'm trying to do this gospel hip-hop, but this gospel hip-hop is not moving like it should. I got to go play in those clubs sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I have this issue. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm having this problem that is stopping me from giving God what I need to give God. I can't read the place because we don't have time. But in Mark chapter 9, the Holy Spirit gave me this place. Mark chapter 9, if you have time, you go and read it later, from verse 14 to 27. This was the story of a young boy. Jesus was coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he was met with his disciples and the scribes, and there was a man among the crowd who had a boy who had a dumb spirit. And the man cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, please do something. I told your disciples to deliver me, deliver this boy from this spirit that is bothering him. But please, Jesus, if you can, do something for me, please. Jesus said, you faithless generation, how long would I be with you? How long would I help you guys? And still you won't have faith. He asked him, he said, how long has this problem been in this boy's life? He said, since he was a child. Some of us have problems and issues we've been wrestling with since we were children. You know, people used to play down the issue of mental illness before. Mental illness is a big deal right now. Even among pastors. People are struggling with mental illness. People are struggling with all kinds of things. They feel stuck. They feel like life has challenged them to a place where they cannot do the things they need to do for God. You know, I was watching something on DMX. Was it yesterday night? Man, I couldn't, I, I just enjoyed, man. Hot 97, I was watching I was, his interview with the Charlemagne and all the guys there. And he was talking about him having asthma. You know, I never really paid attention to that part of his life. And, you know, he was talking about different things. And I was just watching the whole thing. I was like, man. This guy, man, there was, there was, he was even telling them he was going to be a pastor. So they were asking him, would you keep doing the music and be a pastor at the same time? But what my point in all these things I'm saying is this. He also kind of fell stuck, but he did not give up. He kept trying to do what he could. In his concerts, in his shows and everything, he would still talk about God. He inter they interviewed him, he would talk about God. 
He had those prayers that he prayed. In our lives, we have to get to a place where we do not let the things that we feel is stopping us hinder us from God. Jesus saw this boy and he had a spiritual problem. I've said this before in one of my messages. There are spiritual problems, there are physical problems, there are financial problems. Financial problems can be solved financially. Spiritual problems have to be solved spiritually. Now, if you're going to solve that problem which you have, which might be a spiritual problem, then the only place you can go is God. He brought his issue to God. He brought his circumstance to God. This thing that was besetting him, this thing that was stopping him from giving God what he had. We only have a, man, we don't have as much as we think, as much time as we think. We have a limited time here on earth, y'all. They say life is like a vapor. Before you know it, you are gone. People are dying every day, y'all. All over the world. People are dying, man. And there's that vision, that thing in you that God wants you to birth. There's that thing God wants you to do. And it's there. There's a fire in your belly. There's something that God wants to bring out of you. And you know it's there. But because of this thing that is getting you stuck, you are not ready to go God's way. Yes, it will cost you, but God will pay you back even before you finish here. Yes, I understand. If it's worth something, it will cost you something. Hello, somebody, you hear what I'm saying? If it has some value, it will cost you something. Leaving that girlfriend where you want to stay with her, yes, it will cost you something. Leaving that producer, whoever, whatever, who is doing things against God's will, will cost you. But yes, after, God will pay you back for it. We have to make a decision to get out of being stuck. We can't remain there. He told the boy, he, he addressed the spirit. He said, in the name of Jesus, I come against you. Get out of him. I never come back into him. But the guy had to go to Jesus to get the help he needed. So it's still the same place you're coming to to get the help you need. The other thing about that story that really caught my attention was, Jesus said, why didn't you believe? So we all need to upgrade our thinking, y'all. We all need to, all of us, every single one of us, what God is trying to tell us to do is bigger than what we think we can do. When God gives you something to do, you will feel like, God, I can't do it. But for you to be able to do it, then you are going to have to get a mind change, a transformation. He says, by the renewing of your mind. We need to renew our minds so that we can do what God wants us to do. There was a time, I, I mean, your feel is just easy to come up here and do these things. It's not. It's not. But if that is what God is telling you to do, then you got to do it. You got to show up where God has you. Somebody say, show up. Show up in that area of the pillar where God has called you to walk in. Show up in entertainment. Show up in government. God has told you about government stuff. Go that direction. Get involved. Get into those grassroots issues. Get into the issues that God is telling you about. Get into it. Economics, business, is that where you are operating from? Get into it, man. Start that business. Do what you need to do. Begin to do what God is telling you to do. Function in your gift. Technology, science, you're good at it. It's not just for you to pay your bills, y'all. It's for you to do something with the kingdom. Begin to network. Begin to make something happen so that people outside the country will begin to know that there is somebody called Chris. It's time to begin to walk into what God has told us about. I don't have time, but let me just dabble into this next thing. See, there was a guy called Habakkuk in the Bible, uh, Habakkuk. He was called a minor prophet. And he looked at his day, and he looked at all the things that were going on in his day. And there was so much chaos. There was violence. There was killing. All things were wrong. And he saw it, and he didn't like it. But he did the right thing. He went to God. I said, God, can't you see what is going on? I'm not happy with what's going on. 
And we'll just read a few things from Habakkuk real quick. I know I'm almost out of time. Let's just go to the book of Habakkuk. Amen. God is good. Let me read um, a few verses here. Verse 2. He says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction, violence. Are we not seeing all that today? He says, I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. And there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. He says all these things are going on. But look at chapter 2. Let's just go over to chapter 2 there. God answers him. Let me go there. God is good. I was reading from New Living Translation. So let's look at verse 2. He says, I will stand upon my watch. This is um, Habakkuk talking. And set me upon the tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. He saw there was something God had placed in him. Like God has placed something in every one of us. But he went to God to get clarity. For the thing God has called you to do. For the area where God needs you to partner with him. You need to go back to God to get clarity. He saw the issues. He saw the problems of the day. But he went back to God. He said, I will stand before my watch and set me upon the tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me. God has to tell you something. He says, verse 2, God now answered and said, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. He says, I will wait to hear what God will say. We all need visions, y'all. We need a God vision. God has to reveal some things to us so that we can do and walk in line with what God wants us to do for the remaining days of our lives. Habakkuk saw the problems. Habakkuk saw things were not working out well. He understood that he had a play, a part to play in the whole thing. He came into partnership with God. He went to seek God for clarity. Help me to understand what I'm supposed to do. What am I? He said, God now said, okay, I will reveal something to you. Now take time, write these things down so that you can have goals and objectives. So that you can have a plan. We need to put those plans down. We need to put those objectives down. What has God said? If you're not clear, go back to him. We need a vision. It's going to take a vision to change all this stuff we're talking about. The issues with injustice, with racism, with homelessness child molestation, whatever. It's going to take God to give you a vision, to tell you something. You don't just come up with ambition. This is where we miss it. Many of us are ambitious. I want to do business. I want to do this. I want to do that. Is it God that gave it to you? Is that what God is saying? You don't just pick up anything. No. Habakkuk went to God and God revealed to him what his role was going to be. We need a divine revelation. God has to reveal. Proverbs chapter 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. When God has not told you what to do, there is perishing. You won't be able to do anything because you don't know what to do. Now, you know, I, I was just looking at some of these apostles here. Peter, and, um, Peter, for example, they were already busy doing some stuff. They were fishermen, right? But God's plan for them was not fishing. So God had to redirect them and give them something else to do. He said, I will make you fishers of men. You're not just a fisherman. Look at Paul. He's like some of us, very ambitious. 
But God had something else for him to do. Look at Gideon. He was hiding. I'm small. I can't do anything. I'm the least in my father's house. God said, yeah, I know you look down on yourself, but I have a plan for you. You are going to smite the Gideonites. So the guy who looked like he can't do anything, God still gave him a vision. Look at Abraham. Just like our days today. Abraham was a moon worshiper. He came from idolatry, background of idolatry. He had all the TikTok and all the things that are distracting people. All the porn industry and everything. They were all there too. But he made up his mind that he would move in line with God. And God called Abraham and gave him a vision to, have, to become the father of many nations. We're going to have to take time in our lives. It gets to a point in life when you're like, God, I'm not just satisfied just doing stuff. I want to know what you want me to do. What is my role? What am I supposed to be? Where am I meant to glorify you? There are seven pillars of society. And God has called us to function in one of these areas. Government, church, business, education, science, technology, sports, media. God wants us to eradicate these issues of homelessness. God wants us to eradicate the issues with sexual trafficking, with fraud, with racial injustice, cybercrime, civil unrest, discriminations, addictions, inequalities, death, pandemics, and all this stuff we're talking about today. But God needs a man. He needs somebody to respond. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.